Well, welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church, and today I'm joined by Michael Solace, our children's director, and Ryan Plants, our lead pastor and speaker from Sunday. Uh, we are in the second week of Summer on the Mount, and it took me uh, till today on the drive-in thinking about the podcast, about how meta this series is. To oh, have, why is that? To have sermons on a sermon, you know, like oh, every, sure. everything else yeah. is like teachings or like Paul's uh, instruction to churches. Yeah. And we're having a, a sermon series on a sermon, on a sermon sure. which like you would think, and this isn't a, a jab at you, Ryan, but my question would be like, from the outset, how hard could it be, right? Like you're, <laughs> you're, you're repackaging someone else's sermon. And I was like, I'd love to open the the podcast that way. Well, I mean, the bigger question is why not just read the sermon itself, exactly, right? right? Yeah. Like, what 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 more can I add to what Jesus <laughs> yeah, already exactly. said? How presumptuous! <laughs> and of I was me thinking, <laughs> and preachers over the past hundreds of years yeah. to think we might be able to add. And uh, yeah, honestly, for the next couple of weeks on the summer on the mount, that's all we're going to do. <laughs> I think that's a good call. Read it yeah, loud. we're just going like to read it, yep. and yeah. that's it. You know, yeah. Jesus said it. It is what it is. But you know what? And this is actually, as I was thinking about this, I'm like, I'm definitely going to bring this up on the podcast because I think it's interesting. We, part of the follow-up is we talk about the process. We talk about um, the way that we try and take a thought, a main point, an idea, and funnel it through like, you know, like kind of like you're writing a paper, like supporting arguments, evidence, stuff like that to get yeah. to a thesis and then looking at the Sermon on the Mount from like beginning to end, it, it almost feels like a stream of consciousness from mm-hmm. Jesus, right? Like there's not, he's doing a whole bunch of other topics and it's one of the best sermons because we talk about it, we're doing a series on it, but yeah. he does not follow the traditional Western teaching formula of... What was he thinking? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> exactly. I mean, first of all, of course he doesn't, right? Because yeah. Jesus wasn't a Western-minded individual, um, he was a thoroughly um, uh, Jewish individual in yeah. his thinking. And um, yeah, it's still, I mean, it's such a profound um, uh, moral and ethical teaching that we're still talking about it to this very day. Yeah. People who aren't Christians talk about and process and think about this uh, document. Yeah. I would say that the one um, uh line of thought throughout yeah. the whole sermon, Matthew chapters five through seven, mm-hmm. um, is essentially it's it's Jesus' manifesto on, mm-hmm. on the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. That is the one thorough line uh, throughout the entire sermon mm-hmm. is it's it's Jesus' teachings mm-hmm. um, gathered and collaborated, yeah. right, by Matthew or Mark or Luke, and mm-hmm. um, well, I think just Matthew and Luke, um, and uh, brought brought together to, to show here is what the kingdom of God looks like. Mm-hmm. Here is what citizens of the kingdom of God look like. Yeah. And this is this is really interesting. I, I don't know how many people have watched The Chosen, but mm-hmm. it's like season two's kind of finale, right? Yeah. And what's fascinating to me about that is it almost feels like with that manifesto, it's a changing of expectation and rules from what was before. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mind blown walking mm-hmm. away from that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you see um, uh, different portions of the teaching. Jesus will use um, common teaching 
um, formulas, and 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 one of them is um, for for a, for a string of the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. He says, "You have heard that it was said." Yep. Right. That's one of his formulas. You have heard that it was said, and then he says mm-hmm. that, and then he says, but I say to you, right? And um, and so yeah, there's this this sense of um, uh, a reversal, a sense of uh, depth mm-hmm. into uh, what God has really been going after mm-hmm. with the people of God since the beginning of time. Yeah. Yeah, and that translation we talked about before from like a from a western-minded mm-hmm. person to an eastern thinking mm-hmm. Jewish leader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's what's really interesting to me there is when you're not a Christ follower and I think that's really what Jesus is getting at. If, if you're going to choose to follow what I'm saying, here's mm-hmm. here's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, it's it's a lot easier for to to kind of do life when you're thinking, well, eye for an eye, right? Yeah. They they hit mm-hmm. me, I should get to hit them back. Yeah. yeah. You know, but when you're talking about Jesus's call to live a higher standard, it's a whole nother thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I imagine if you're sitting there as one of the listeners to this amazing sermon. You're probably sitting there like, I wish that I would have grabbed something to take notes on because like this is all good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where's my papyrus? Exactly. <laughs> right. But I, like, should, I shouldn't have yeah. left that at home today. What was so I, I thinking? Someone probably wanted to raise their hand, but like, could could we spend some more time on that? Like, I loved what you were doing, and now you're already on to something complete. You that were was doing beatitudes. That was one sentence on peacemaking. Jesus, yeah, like, can I get be, a little bit more? Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, it was all great stuff that has now lended itself well to be like to become a series right because he just has these really condensed nuggets of truth and now we're able to come back sometime later Mm -hmm. and spend a lot of time week by week just looking at these little nuggets that he said but it i think for me it was driving in realizing how meta it was for us to create a sermon series on a sermon yeah and it's cool we yeah. get to learn a lot of cool things from it, and it's a it's a fun study. But mm-hmm. I do feel bad for those those. I feel it's bittersweet. I feel like they got to hear some amazing stuff firsthand. But man, did, would they probably have a hard time recounting all of that to their friends and family? Of like, yeah, he started out here, and then I don't know how he ended up here, but like it was all really good. You just <laughs> had to be there. You had to be there to really experience it. So yeah. Um, Michael, before we started the the podcast, you had mentioned some some comments or sorry, comments, but questions that you had had that you came in with. Um, I, yeah, I, maybe I'll hold those. Just kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. just kind of unpack. So because if if maybe someone didn't wasn't there on Sunday, yeah, like yeah. what we t- we talked yeah. talked about salt and light, mm-hmm. salt and light. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. so raptured by the the meta meta ness of it. Mm-hmm. I like that word. So, um, yeah, kind of give us just a, a quick little recap. Uh, yeah. We already know where you were at because we're in this series, but um, yeah. kind of explain the salt and light conversation. Yeah, so a little recap of the salt and light conversation. You know, I, there's um, an aspect of this teaching that I think is so deeply familiar for yeah. so many of us who have been walking with Jesus for any length of time. Uh, this idea that we're salt, that we're light, and we've probably heard that unpacked on on so many different uh, levels. Uh, but the first thing that I really wanted to address in in this particular teaching uh, was asking the question: Why does Jesus use salt, and why does Jesus use yeah. light? Yeah. And again, I think a, a lot of people who exposit on this particular teaching um, ask that same question. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing that I uh, thought was a bit um, underemphasized was the value of salt yeah. and the value of light, yeah. and, and this. Um, uh, concept that that we are um, able to do more than we know 
because I do think that Jesus is getting at kind of a utility yeah. aspect of salt and light and their function and their purpose. Mm. Um, but we're able to do more than we know because we're more valuable than we can imagine. Yeah. Uh, because salt and light were so tremendously valuable back then, mm. still valuable today. Yeah. I mean, you get a bad meal, salt mm. is going to fix that pretty quickly. Mm. Yeah. Right. Um, but but salt was different even back then because it had so many more functions. You know, I only listed out two. I said it adds flavor and it preserves, but it yeah. did so much more yeah. beyond that. But most importantly, it really did preserve. Mm-hmm. And, and I know a lot of people know that as well. Um, but it preserved food that was so valuable to people um, in ways that we can preserve without yeah. salt now. It, it's not something I would think of every day. Like if you said, hey, salt, uh, yeah. of course it preserves. Like my yeah. brain doesn't go there. Sure. Like it's just it's really it's like oh it's just oh it, good we're done it's on most tables it yeah. flavors things and yeah. that's I, that's certainly i think a function that that people used salt back then as yeah. well um but 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 starting at that point of of value it's huge you know and 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 jesus speaking that value into his followers um gifting them that identity as as salt as light as we saw throughout the beatitudes the varying identities that jesus gifted us yeah. as his followers children of god um uh, I think that's a, a, an appropriate starting point in that conversation, first yeah. of all, because it's the first thing he says before he gives warnings. Um, but secondly, um, it is the um, uh, motivation or the reason why we can step out into those callings because we've been gifted that value. And see, I'm one of those folks who think that you can't give something unless you first have it. Mm-hmm. And Jesus doing that is, de- you. In the, the words you used was he gifts us. Yeah. Mm. You are salt. You are light. Mm-hmm. I see you as valuable, and I love your your the joke you threw in there. If you, it'd be like someone coming up today and saying you are gasoline. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. so valuable, right? Like you're now. valuable. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's such an important thing to unpack context wise because mm-hmm. you think about without the desire for salt, which is a spice, mm-hmm. we would not be here today. Like <laughs> the world was the world's exploration was all based on. How do we get stuff into our food that's not here? Like, how can we find a quicker route to (laughs) India to bring spice back? So, like, literally us having, like, my wife and I have a salt and pepper shaker in a camping tote that we never take out. Like, that'd be Mm -hmm. such a big flex on medieval Europe of, like, yeah, we just have (laughs) extra salt and pepper we keep in a tote year-round. And they're like, what? You get killed for it. An embarrassment of of spice-based riches. But, like, I think that's the context of, like, Ah, it's salt. Like everyone has salt. Like you get yeah. twelve salt packets at McDonald's, they just throw it in the bag for you. you <laughs> yeah. Know? But like that is a big deal. Like that was a currency. Yeah. Yep. It's huge. So I think saying gasoline, you're like, ah, okay. Now it's starting to Now it's me starting yeah. to make sense. Yeah. I see the importance of it. Yeah. yeah. But it's clear Jesus was preparing people for what was to come and what his mm-hmm. expectation of them yeah. with others would be. Yeah, you have value, and this is how you are going to show. This is how they're going to know me is mm-hmm. by being salt and light to people. Yeah, so cool. Um, is this so? You have uh, tell me the number. How many of these sermons are you going to be doing in this series? So just four. Just four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you hitting one of your favorites in here? Oh, in the entire Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I've thought in terms of my favorites yeah. with respect to this kind of uh, Jesus mm-hmm. teaching on the Sermon on the Mount and the sermons I've preached on this. Yeah. Um, 
but um, we are going to be um, going after some more important kind of interpersonal yeah. mm-hmm. matters. Um, yeah. And I, I, I've found those to be very impactful mm-hmm. uh, with respect to retaliation and judging others. Mm-hmm. And those two, um, I think, are always very convicting mm-hmm. and very helpful because like we saw in that Peacemaker conversation, there's... You know, we're either in a conflict, we're heading to a conflict, or we're just leaving a conflict. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, conflict stems either um, from, you know, some kind of uh, situation where we've judged mm-hmm. someone or someone has judged us, and we seek retaliation. And um, just a lot of value value yeah. in those teachings from Jesus, from the standpoint of what we see throughout this kind of way of kingdom living, yeah. is it's it's already cross centered. What you mm-hmm. see in Matthew five through seven, even though we're not to the cross yet in the gospel narrative, um, it's already cross-centered because mm-hmm. these ideas of of being non-retaliatory as people, not mm-hmm. judging others, is in a sense a death to self. Mm-hmm. Which is also, again, even like we kind of talked about earlier, feels different than what Jesus is now going to be teaching here. There was a sense of justice in a retaliation of sorts, even back before mm-hmm. Jesus gave this Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, and and what what you know we don't really have the space to unpack here is sure. to kind of understand how you know it really was the heart of God all along yep. in a way, um, but there's a, there's a level of complexity to that that lends yep. itself to a sermon and probably not this <laughs> podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you true. you talked about different levels of conflict, like three places: either coming out, you're in, or you're heading into a conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe a good question would be, do you know you're doing ministry well if you're in all three at the same time? Oh, man. I <laughs> you know, and it, I mean, you have different relational spheres and, and different mm-hmm. environments where you'll find yourself like, wow, things at home are great, but things at work mm-hmm. are not so great. And things, mm-hmm. at, you know, with this group of friends was really bad, but now it's moving. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know that it's a sign that you are doing things well or not. I do think that... Um, uh, engaging relationally yeah. uh, well, like deeply, um, mm-hmm. is is always going to involve some degree of conflict. Um, because um, where there's just this sense of like absolute kind of surface peace, mm. uh, I think you can be um, uh, pretty sure that uh, you're not really engaging in 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 the reality of the matter yeah. in that relationship in that environment. But but that's you know that was last weekend. That was peace peacemaking and peacekeeping. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. We already figured that out. That one's yeah. Conflict is no longer an issue yeah, here it's, at Arbor. It's over. Yeah, it's over and done next. with. Yeah. We've moved on. Getting yeah. ready for serve day. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> which is actually a pretty good segue um, into what I was going to ask. Last week I had asked, not like necessarily action steps, but mm-hmm. I think just for um, I like I like for us to drill down a little bit on some of the um. I don't know, the heart of the message. We talked last week with peacekeeping. What does it look like to to handle conflict well, to be a peacemaker in your everyday life? Mm-hmm. I guess in your opinion, and I'm asking for both of you, not just Ryan, but Ryan and Michael, what does a salty or bright Christian look like today? Um, maybe in the workplace or at home or on a Sunday morning at church. Um, and maybe it'd be more helpful to compare and contrast, mm-hmm. but um, I guess just maybe some more tangible things of what does this look like? We've heard, like you had mentioned, we'd heard this sermon so many times and sometimes yeah. it gets vague as we talk about it more, but what, what would be an example of a salty or bright Christian? Yeah. I think someone who is functioning as salt, like let's use the context of your marriage. Yeah. And say you're married, and what does it look like to be salt in that 
uh, marriage. Um, I would say it, it looks like doing what Jesus did and, and drawing out the best in that mm-hmm. person. Uh, I think it looks like speaking words of life mm-hmm. into that person's um, into that person's life. Yeah. Um, you can port that over to the workplace. Uh, perhaps that might be even better when you're engaging with someone at work mm-hmm. who isn't a believer. Uh, what does it look like to engage with that person as salt? Um, I think it looks like um, uh, stepping in and drawing that person out. I think oftentimes we can see our relationships with those mm-hmm. that are in our spheres of influence as you know, utilitarian. I work alongside that person. That person's in the cubicle next to me, and we just get our jobs done, mm-hmm. and, and we're done. And certainly some workplaces are like that. Uh, but what are ways where you can move beyond those kind of constructed boundaries in our world and reach out to that person um, and engage with them and be salt in their mm-hmm. life. Um, I think we find that when we engage with people that way and we draw out the best in them, you say mm-hmm. practically, you say, hey, you know, I see on lunch break, you know, you're heading out over here. Can we eat lunch together sometime? Mm-hmm. And, and taking that time to learn that person and to uh, speak words of life to them yeah. and, and to engage with them and to love them that way. I think as you do that, what you find is, oh, now, now I can be a light to this person in some way. Mm-hmm. You might hear of some brokenness, hear of some need that you can then in a very ordinary way meet that need and and shine the light of Jesus yeah. in that environment. Yeah. But I, I don't think that happens without intentionality. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the big word that was kind of in the back of my mind, this whole mm-hmm. message, was just the sense of intentionality yeah. and understanding that even, actually I think especially in, and maybe for some of us exclusively in the very ordinary things of life, is when we are are most um, able to be salt and be light. Yeah, it's not like some grant. Like, yeah, I'm I'm really excited about Community Serve Day this this Sunday, and I think it's great. I think it's intentional. I think we're taking a whole Sunday to do it. I mean, that's kind of a bigger thing. Yeah, right. But like, man, like all of us. It's not where we're hanging our hat. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like all of us live somewhere. Yeah, and so like, who's your neighbor? Yeah. You know, like literally, not like in the Jesus-y question of like, love your neighbor, everyone's, but like, who's your neighbor? Yeah. And, and how do we, how do we reach across that fence or, you know, down that hallway and, and, mm-hmm. and engage with them and be salt and be light mm-hmm. for that particular person mm-hmm. who we live so close to? Yeah. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and I would have answered in a very just simply, like I think you spelled it out. I don't mm-hmm. think I can add much more to that. Do I would it. Just add more. Serving one another in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, some of for for me, what is some of the most cool and fascinating things to mm-hmm. see is when people are, let's say, for example, serving in kids ministry. Mm-hmm. And parents come, they drop off their kid, and then they just, you know, they get a chance to go and hear the sermon and mm-hmm. be blessed by the things that are said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then over time, they're like, hey, you know what? I, I think I'd like to serve with kids, too. You mm-hmm. know, I can, I mm-hmm. can help out. And they come in and they go, whoa, mm-hmm. this is a ministry. Yeah. And I see what people have been putting out so that mm-hmm. I have been able to be blessed to hear from other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, that, that there's a connection there that happens where they're like, I have been served by other people and Mm -hmm. they're doing this because they're faithful to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so cool. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, to piggyback on that, we can even think of our church's food bank. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and that is, that, that is an area where we can really be the light, Mm -hmm. right? And we can be the light because we are shining it on an area of need and brokenness in our world, which is hunger. Yep. And you you drive around Woodenville and and I don't know. I mean, I don't think your first thought is, wow, there must be a lot of hungry people in this community, but there is a need there. Yeah. Yeah. And here we have this opportunity to shine a light on that need and then be salt 
by um, working against, you know, salt preserves. It works against decay, Mm -hmm. corruption, brokenness. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. can do that. We can work against the brokenness of that hunger by buying food, bringing it to church, and helping others Mm -hmm. eat. I mean, it doesn't get more tangible than that, Mm -hmm. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. When I think about um, this message in particular, I... I got to go to uh, summer camp a few weeks ago um, and, and hang out with somebody that goes to Arbor that I'd not really spent a lot of time with, and his name's Dino. And I got to see in a new light, like, oh, man, like I can see the joy and inclusivity of Christ mm-hmm. in Dino. And for me, it was like something that I've always loved about getting to know people is you get to know more about Jesus through the, the really blessed characteristics of people, right? Like none of us will ever fully embody Jesus. Like we just can't do it. As much as you try, you'll never be exactly like Jesus, but you get to see some of the cool characteristics that God has put in us that is very Christ-like, right? And that it shines through. And I think when I think about that salt of do what you do really, really well and try everywhere else to be better at the things that you're maybe not as gifted at. Like I, I'm not the best encourager or um, I'm not the best at just being that joy that I see Dino has. And I look at that. I don't, my first instinct is to not just be like, man, I wish I could be like him. It's more of a celebration of like, I'm so glad we have someone like that here. Mm. God has not given me that strength to just encourage and be inclusive to the extent that Dino has. But that's what's cool about the church, right? Is like it's, you've heard it a thousand times, like it's a mosaic. We are all bringing out characteristics of Christ. And I think that we can do that. And for some people, it's not celebrate Woodenville, but um, community serve day, right? Like some people just have that natural wiring to, to say, how can I jump in and serve? And other people have giftings in the, in the teaching realm and, and things like that. So that's where my brain goes when I hear salt. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's a really good um, way of framing it as well. Um, and that's that's the difficulty with um, understanding how to really drill down is, you know, there are so many different ways that Jesus has called us to be salt. And when Jesus teaches this teaching, he's teaching it to a group of people, right? Mm-hmm. And he's expecting sort of this, this collective people yeah. to be salt. And yeah. what that's going to look like in different contexts and in different ways um, is, is going to be uh, unique, uh, but mm-hmm. it's going to be sort of, like you said, this beautiful mosaic. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. interesting. Um, so there's a couple of parts that I took with notes, and and one of the things you talked about with people being salt was to um, to basically stand up against injustice in the message, and th- that's a tricky one for me because I feel like you could have people who even go to the same church who when it comes to a justice issue or challenge out there, one could take one side and believe that they have a moral standing to stand up for whatever's being said, and one could take the exact opposite side and also still believe they have a moral perspective and in, in standing. What, what would you say to folks who have that challenge where they, they, they're like, well, I'm, I believe I'm doing what's right here? Mm. If you have an answer to that, I would love to hear it as well. I mean, yeah, I I honestly, you know, I wish I could say I have the answer to every single Mm -hmm. question, but that one in particular, I have no no answer and I'm not trying to cop out here. Mm -hmm. But what I am saying is it's just, you know, that's 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 really complicated. And and that's that's what I think this series is trying to get at the heart at is the divisiveness that we see not just in our world, but in our own churches 
And my hope is that as we um, draw closer to the heart of God, a deeper mm-hmm. allegiance to King Jesus, uh, a greater understanding of our mm-hmm. primary citizenship being the kingdom of heaven, mm-hmm. uh, that the Holy Spirit would navigate those um, mm-hmm. chasms for us. And give us discernment. And give and us I, discernment. Yeah. And I think that, like, if you're if that question came from this week, this week's sermon, I would encourage you to go back <laughs> two sermons, right? Because like your first message told us to like, can we go to God first? Can we not have a reliance on ourselves? And then the second week, I think that sometimes the attitude when you're going to God is sometimes you can feel some complacency. And I think that also jumps right in with the peacekeeper, right? Like I think the answer when it comes to justice and, and what to do about things, it's like, unfortunately, you, you can't jump right into action. You got to go to God. But then you also can't just sit there like, I'm waiting on God to give me an answer. I'll get back to you. Like, mm. it, it's got to be difficult, tension-filled work, right? It, it can't just be, I'm waiting, so I'll let you know when I get a response back, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, I'll, But I'll, I think also, like, I'm glad you said something about justice because we talked about retaliation and judgment. I think a big misunderstanding that we all have, um, I think, I'll say we all, Western people, because that's all that I can really speak for, um, is a is a confusion on what is justice, what is vengeance, vengeance, retribution, reparation. I think that's something that we all have to learn. What does that truly mean, and what does it mean biblically? Because I find myself sitting through and being like, "Is that justice, or is that retribution, or and is that just like it feels good because I you felt what I felt, you felt the pain, so now you get to." Yeah, and if you're wanting a little bit more clarity on that, September 28th, I'll be preaching on it. Hey, here. No way. Or I mean, sorry, August 28th on retaliation. So, oh, on retaliation. Yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. I yeah. thought you were saying yeah. week after served. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And we, we do talk a little bit about justice mm-hmm. and um, uh, what that looks like. Yeah. And so. And so stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned for that. In, in your message, you talked about um, Jesus sharing, you know, losing saltiness, perhaps. And my question there would, for you, I thought I'd ask. If you feel like you might be in a place where you're like, I kind of identify with that, what would you say to someone who said, uh, how do I go back to saltiness? How do I get back to what Jesus is talking about? Yeah. um, You know, essentially when Jesus said, um, you know, you are salt, um, but salt that's that's lost its saltiness Mm -hmm. is going to be trampled on. In essence, you know, what I believe Jesus is is getting at there is this idea that when we uh, fail to be distinct from the world, we're no longer effective within the world. And so the question Mm -hmm. one has to ask is, is how how do I remain distinct? And if you sense that you're losing your saltiness and it's according to what Jesus said, then what you are sensing is I'm no longer distinct from the world, Mm -hmm. which means. Um, if the Holy Spirit is convicting you this way, you have bought into the values of a different kingdom than the kingdom of God. Mm. And what God would call you to do is to first um, confess and repent of of holding those values, whatever they might be. And again, just like we talked about the variety of ways where one can be salty, there are a variety of values that we can believe in, a lie that we can believe that says, yeah, this kingdom is going to promise this sort Mm -hmm. of end, but any other kingdom other than the kingdom of God always leads to death, decay, destruction. Mm-hmm. And so if we're sensing I'm losing my distinctness, it's because we've bought into a different value. We need to essentially repent of that value, walk away from it. That's what repentance mean, mm-hmm. means is saying no to one thing and yes to another thing. And and a couple of the questions that I posed in the uh, sermon uh, were, A, um, 
what what is my allegiance to or mm. be you know what am i most deeply committed to essentially mm. the same question um, but just asked a couple different ways and and then um you know once once you've navigated that then then finding your way toward all right i want to be fully committed to king jesus and and his his kingdom and what does that look like what does that look like practically read Matthew 5 through 7 mm. and, and see Jesus' heart for what a kingdom person looks like and what a kingdom person values. Mm-hmm. And, and then I think you'll start to see distinctness. Awesome. I, and I think, listen, initially, that's going to be a, a relatively disorienting process mm-hmm. because you're, 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 your whole way of living is used to one set of values. Yeah. And now you're trying to learn and live into another set of values and so there's going to be this level of uncertainty and so to bring it full circle to that very first message i taught a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. it's going to require deep dependence on god Mm -hmm. to to lead you to guide you and to remember your calling in him Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and there's a tension there right oh absolutely there's always a pull away from god right yeah so yeah well, well, Jesus calls us to be sacrificial. He calls us to be generous. But yeah. the values of this world say, get what's yours and get after it quick and hold on to it tightly. Mm. And, and, and that's antithetical to the kingdom of God. Yeah. And there's mm. a variety of ways that we could, we could pose them you know, on a chart. We could say, here's, here's what the world values. And again, it's all over the spectrum. It's all over the place. And here's what, the kingdom of, here's what Jesus values. Here's what's valuable mm. in the kingdom of God. And they're diametrically opposed. Yeah. And, and, and the people who are after the things of the kingdom of God um, are, are vastly distinct from, from mm-hmm. the values of this world. So cool. Something that I've always been uh, kind of curious about because there's just not enough um, context at times in those passages. But when you see in the Sermon on the Mount, specifically Salt and Light, he talks about... Um, uh, sorry, I was looking at the message translation, but he says, you know, if you've lost your usefulness, you'll end up in the garbage. Um, and then when he talks about light, um, try, I was trying to figure out, what does it say in the, the translation you used? Uh, he says, you are light. And he says like a city on a hill cannot be hidden. And when mm-hmm. people light their lampstand, they don't hide it under a, a basket or yeah. a, a bushel. Yeah. Yeah. They put it on a lamp, you know, they put mm-hmm. it on a lampstand so that Everyone in the house will be yes. able to use the light, yeah. So when you, when Jesus compares and contrasts, right, and he says, like, this is what you should be, mm-hmm. this is the outcome of, like, not doing that, or this mm-hmm. is what it looks like, in your mind and what you have interpreted from Scripture, is he referring to the end, like the opposite of salvation, or is he talking about in the moment? Um you will be trampled on, right? Like if you lose your saltiness, you'll be, is that what it says in your translation? Yeah. So you're saying it's like a, essentially like a salvation issue Yes. at that yeah. point. No, I, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I think that it's, um, like I said, it's like an effectiveness yes. issue. It's yeah. like a, who you end up functioning as. Mm-hmm. I think when it comes to like the trampling on of salt, um, you know, from, from what I've gathered, from what I've read, again, mm-hmm. I might be wrong in this, yeah. uh, but, but salt was used, um, like lower grade salt or was mm-hmm. used on, Roman roads yeah. to, um, you know, get rid of, um, weeds or yep. brush or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. And that was kind of like the sort of discarded mm-hmm. salt. Yeah, yeah. We, still, we was, use salt out here for traction when it snows kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. 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 And so in that sense, I think that's like the sense of, you know, like mm-hmm. salt at its most useful is this salts, mm-hmm. you know, when it's no longer as useful yeah. as used for this. And I think it has, has to do with one's, um, uh, effectiveness in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, something that I've I've questioned is in the in the listener's mind when they're hearing these teachings from Jesus and then later from Paul, is if their brain kind of goes where we go when we talk about religion in today's age. It's a lot about the afterlife, right? And sometimes we fixate on the you should you should probably share Jesus with your friends and family because you don't want to see them in hell, right? You want to see them in heaven with you. And something that I've wrestled with in the last couple of years is looking at Jesus' teaching, looking at Paul's teaching, it, it doesn't seem to be as fixated on the afterlife as much as you can be effective and your life is going to, like, you're going to have a joy and there's a betterness in following Jesus. And I'm curious if you think that the audience on the Sermon on the Mount was maybe fixated on that afterlife aspect or if they were really locked in with him. This is about here and now, right now. That's a great question, and I don't um, think myself to be smart enough to know exactly <laughs> what they were thinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do think we have a sense of what Jesus is getting at, and and mm. what many Bible scholars say is like you know, um, kind of the both and yeah. or the, the here and later, the yeah. um, the sense that God's kingdom has come on mm. earth as it is in heaven, the already mm. but not yet. Uh, mm-hmm. I think is probably the most common yeah. way that that's stated. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for Jesus listeners, I honestly think this is just me, you know, going for yeah. it right now. Yeah. I honestly think they were different than us yeah. in that they thought um, like the kingdom of God resurrection could happen right now if this mm-hmm. Jesus who says he's the son of God would mm-hmm. overthrow the Roman empire. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. how we'd see resurrection now. Mm-hmm. That that's what resurrection would look like was a let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's overthrow the empire. Let's take over this, this, this kingdom of Israel because that was synonymous for them mm-hmm. with the kingdom of God. And I think we've gone so far the other direction yeah. now where mm-hmm. it's like, all of this is, you know, we're just trying to get through all of it in yeah. order to get to the other side. Yep. And I think what Jesus does is he says, no, already, but not yet. Mm-hmm. Here yep. is important. Later is important. Well, and I think I love what you just said there, because I also think about when they were like, we would love to have this political leader coming into the city, overthrowing the Romans, and that we could have this triumphal entry of this is now Israel taking back what's theirs. And I'm curious on how much that they lost looking forward, right? And we have, we're guilty mm-hmm. of that as well of like, oh, yeah. It's going to be all made perfect in heaven. It's going to mm-hmm. be all okay in heaven. And <laughs> Jesus is like, I, I'm doing this for you right now. Yeah. And you're so focused on these goals or these mile markers. And we're guilty of it just as much as Jesus' followers were, mm-hmm. right? Like, so fixated on the next step that it's yeah. like, are you not enjoying the strides that we're taking right now? Well, yeah. Well, it's and again, it's both and, right? Like we yeah. are called. Like our hope, um, our hope is in eternity. Yeah, it is. Um, but if we just look at that as like, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, grin and bear it until yeah. I get there, <laughs> and do nothing about the here and now. Yeah. You know, that is, I do think. Um, not the most fruitful mentality to have yeah. on this side of eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, when, when our hope in eternity mm-hmm. um, uh, fuels us mm-hmm. and propels us to um, engage in um, God-honoring, like Christ-exalting ministry in the here and now, mm-hmm. uh, to be salt, to be light, to be peacemakers, when that hope in the future fuels what we do now, I mm-hmm. think that's... Uh, I don't know, for lack of a better term, the sweet spot yeah. where, where Jesus wants us to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we are uh, we're the 30-minute mark. So is there anything else that you guys would like to, to talk about before we close it out? 
The only thing I'd have to say is if you're listening to this at this point, sign up still for Community Serve Day. Yes. CommunitySurveDay.org. Yep. Community and you have to sign up, right, Hayden? Because you tried to show up last year without That signing was someone up. else that... I think you're talking about. But yeah, someone else had that <laughs> issue. Someone else. Showed sorry, up. You, sorry, sorry you had mentioned the story. I thought it was yeah. about you. No, the, I could see how you could get that confused. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it was but, not me. But, but they, they do want to see that you register, right? Just yes. in case you get injured. Someone yeah. had a beard. Yeah. Yeah, I had so a friend who showed up to Community Serve Day. And they're like, "Where's your registration?" I'd be like, "Had a voice uh, like an yeah. angel, yeah. voice like an angel, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good looking dude." So let's be salt, yeah. let's be light, let's do that. Exactly, do that ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, ahead of time. Ahead of time, please. Yeah. That's the extra salty way to do it. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for sitting down and chatting, and thank you guys for listening or watching the follow up podcast. And we will see you guys next week. <laughs>